Amen. Let's uh, greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you happy this morning? As we turn to the book of Mark, the chapter is chapter 10, the verse is 13, Mark 10, verse 13. It reads in this manner, And they brought young children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked to those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. Um, And blessed them. Not baptized them, but blessed them. Amen. All right. Okay. What's the name of the child, Brother George? Jason. All right. Let's pray with Jason. It's a boy, Okay. Let's bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, here's a bundle of joy. The name of the child is Jason. The parents' authority responsible to bring the child into the house of the Lord so that a prayer could be said over the life of the child. We declare a blessing upon the life of this child that despite what Satan may have planned about this boy, but this prayer is intended to abort all the plans of Satan that may come and derail the life of this child. May the pillar of fire go before the child, dear God. And Lord, especially in the end time where we've got infant diseases, I'm putting this prayer as a hedge around this boy. As I committed the child to you, may you instill the children, the parents with a sense of wisdom of how to raise this boy in the fear and admonition of the Lord as we commit his life to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you richly. God bless you. Amen. Amen. As we stand to our feet, we God bless you richly. Just to redeem time, let's just go straight to the reading of the weight. A very, very familiar scripture or psalm that we are going to read. Uh, this one we we know it off by heart. Psalm twenty-three. How many can recite Psalm twenty-three without reading it? Okay, Amen. That was quite a confident Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. Is your shepherd this morning? Amen. Be proud to declare that the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. 
I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. There are some that are afraid to read. Is your, is your table prepared this morning? Amen. Is your table prepared this morning? Amen. Amen. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As we bow his gracious heavenly Father, we want to thank you for such a beautiful morning, for good health and for good provision. Dear God, that is why David of the old said, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And this morning I know many of us, we are witnesses to be under this great shepherd that tenders to our needs. Where would we be had we not had a shepherd? Dear God, we would have scattered like the sheep. But this morning we are glad that we can come around the table that you have prepared so that we can dine. May you be gracious this morning and may you touch us, may you make us whole. If healing is needed, may you grant the healing. If certain problems have got to be resolved, may you resolve them. But when we leave this place, we want to leave this place with a praise in our heart so that we can face the enemy and be able to glorify the name of the Lord as we commit to the reading of the way to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you richly as you take your lovely seats. <clears throat> Amen. Now we are happy to be in the house of the Lord. Good to see you. Those that I may not have seen on Wednesday, we are happy to meet once again. Amen. I agree. Bring greetings from uh, the land of Zimbabwe. Amen. Said I must pass their greetings to you. So we had a lovely time that night. As I said, Wednesday, Thursday evening, I was in Roa, Zembra, uh, Zembra Park, and then Friday evening at Belvedere, 
Saturday evening in Morewa in a setting called Nyagamtumba. Eh? Nyamtumbu. All right. I'm told it means somebody with a big stomach. Amen. So they really, really had a very big stomach for the weight there. Amen. So we had a blessed time, and Sunday we were back in Belvedere. Amen. So we really thank God. Uh, this Thursday, I am in Port Elizabeth. I will be back on Monday. Amen. There are some special meetings planned there uh, with the brethren that side. So I'll be with them Thursday evening. We have a service. And Friday as well, and Saturday uh, we'll spend time with the youth, and then Saturday evening is a service, Sunday morning is a service, Sunday evening is a service, so pray for me, amen. Amen. So when we travel, it's not a holiday. How many know Brother Branham says eight, he says, he says, an hour, a half an hour of preaching under the anointing is equal to nine hours of hard labor. Amen. The one time there's a brother that was preaching here. Immediately after he preached, he went into the office and he said, Pastor, I can't stand. I need to sit down. I'm really tired. Amen. So I said, I really, I used to think it is easy. But now I realize that this can really, really exhaust you. Amen. So that's why Brother Branham says, uh, half an hour of anointed preaching is equal to nine hours of hard labor. Amen. So when you phone us on Sunday afternoon and we are sleeping, it's not because we are lazy. We are really tired. Amen. Because even a night before, I mean, I, I slept at 3 o'clock in this, this morning just to make sure that my ducks are in a row. Amen. Because uh, we, we don't come here and improvise. You must have spent time in the presence of the Lord and say, God, is this what you want me to say? And sometimes the Lord works in a very unusual manner. Sometimes you've got your notes, you come into the office, you are sitting there, and right as we, we are sitting there, an hour before the service, God says, that's not what I want you to talk about. Then he say, really, after I've maybe printed 15 pages, he says, but that's, that's not the message for today. And say, but what, what must I say? Then the Lord says, no, you can just go, I will take over. Amen. To show that it is not a human operation, but it is a supernatural operation. Amen. Because if God does not do that, it's easy for a minister to develop pride. But uh, when I preach, they really hear. Sometimes God allows us to come and preach, and you can feel the church is very blessed. And after the service, everybody is jolly. Everybody say, praise God be to God. It was a wonderful service. And the next time you come and preach after the service, it's like nobody sees you. <laughs> then you say, but have they had me? And you find that right there, that's the day that they have had you. Amen. But it's God trying to make sure that you don't have an inflated ego. 
Amen. So that as a minister, you are able to depend on him. Because if you depend on your gift alone, a gift can make you to be pompous. Uh, and pomposity and God don't go together. God deals with people in humility. Are we together? If you want to go somewhere with God, be humble. Amen. Now, I want to speak about the connection between the sheep and the shepherd. The connection between the sheep and the shepherd. And we are going to look into that relationship this morning. That is why David says, the Lord is my shepherd. And I think if David spoke in this manner, he understood what it meant to be a shepherd because he himself was a shepherd. And he says, I shall not want... He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, and he leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul, and he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, and thy rod and thy staff they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me, in the presence of mine enemies, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Now, when I look at that, even before I get into my message, it is quite this, when we used to read it in the assembly, it was just something that we would recite as young people, but... As we grow, now we read it with some understanding. I did not know, but if you are a very, very good reader, you would pick up that the seven redemptive names of Jehovah are right in the psalm. Are you with me? Can we have a psalm up on the screen? Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. That's Jehovah. Hallelujah. Which means the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Jehovah is my provider. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And that is Jehovah Shalom. He restoreth my soul. That's Jehovah Rapha which means Jehovah is my healer. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's Jehovah Sidkenu, which means the Lord is my righteousness. Though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. That's Jehovah Shama. He is always with me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That is Jehovah Nisi, which is the Lord, is my banner. Thou anointest my head with oil. That's Jehovah Mekadash, which means the Lord is my sanctifier. Are you still with me? I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is Jehovah 
El Elyon, which is, means God the Most High. Amen. Are you still with me? I hope we are together. How many believe that Jehovah is our shepherd? Amen. But for you to believe that Jehovah is your shepherd, Brother Branham means says, you've got to admit that without a shepherd, you are helpless. That means uh, when, you, when a sheep needs a shepherd, and I would imagine all of us here, we are the sheep under the great Je- uh, shepherd who is Jehovah. Now, that means all of us, we are helpless this morning. That is why we need him as our shepherd. Because a sheep without a shepherd is lost. And Brother Bram says a sheep that is lost can never be able to relocate itself. It has to be helped by a shepherd. And when I went and checked into the, how the shepherd and the sheep uh, interact, I realized that should a sheep fall on its back, a sheep would never be able to be able to stand up on its own. It needs a shepherd to come and help it to stand. Uh, am I talking to somebody this morning? Do you remember the times where you fell on your back and you could not stand, then you needed the great shepherd to come and nudge you and support you until you are back on your feet? Are you still with me? The reason we are back on our feet is not because we are clever or intellectual. It is because we are under the guidance and the care of the great shepherd. And without that shepherd, we are helpless. Now, David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That means uh, because he is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I shall not want because he is my shepherd. Are you still with me? That means if he is a shepherd, he provides for you. Uh, This morning, folks, he has provided for us. He is a Jehovah Jireh. The reason you are putting on a good suit, a good dress, is not because of your affordability levels. The reason because you've got a shelter over your head is not because of your affordability levels. Folks, let me tell you something. The world is under so much pressure. I was speaking to a gentleman that I really, really admire a while back, a very uh, learned man, well went overseas, got his uh, academic qualifications from overseas, was a top-ranking executive in the country with a very impeccable track record, with impeccable qualifications, And I was speaking to him over the phone, and he said, just hold on, let me phone you back. Then it took some time, then later he phoned me back and said, and this is the man that I admire, I regard as a role model. And he said, look, uh, he phoned me back. When he phoned me back, he said, listen, hey, you'll bear with me. Uh, West Bank was here to repossess my car. This is a man with masters. This is a man, I mean, his, his experience is impeccable. Let multinational companies. And when I dropped the phone, I said, how does this happen? Then I realized that our provision is not because of the, our degrees. I realized that our provision 
is not because of our work experience. It's because we have a Jehovah Jireh. And it's not a bad reflection on the gentleman in any way. I think with the man of him that planned for multinational companies, you cannot fault him in not being a good planner. But it's because despite our plans, because the Bible says many are plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that shall prevail. Are we still with me? Now I realize that it's not so much on our human abilities. It is because we are depending on Jehovah Jireh. Oh, this morning you can say better amen than that one. <clears throat> the reason you had fuel in your car is not because your credit card had money. The funds can be exhausted anytime. It's because you are backed up by Jehovah Jireh. Uh, are you with me? The reason you had something to eat last night, there are people with PhDs that had nothing to eat last night. And you are sitting here with no PhD, with no qualification, with no experience. But yet, uh, last night, God provided for your needs. I think, I think we can say, the Lord is my shepherd. With some understanding, knowing that indeed, I shall not want. He provides for our needs. Are you still with me? He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. It speaks about peace. Now, let's put it this way. I'm going to give an example. God has privileged me in meeting people that people would want to admire at a a, a distance. I know, uh, I was speaking to the Nelspray Church the other time, that I know... uh, a lady who is who is a, a top-ranking academic, um, very very close to our former president Tabombeki, very close and very admired in, within the academic cycles. But l- later, I got to know with the privileged information that despite her interacting with the president despite her being a top-ranking academic, she's battling with depression. She's on the verge of taking her life. Now, it's just mind-boggling that you can shake the hand of a president and at night you are battling with these thoughts that I want to, I want to take my life. Yes, money is there, the prestige is there, good connections are there, but you've got no inner peace. Why? It tells you we don't need to be known by people in higher places. We don't need the worldly prestige. What we need, we need a peace that surpasses all understanding. And the source of that peace is not material success. But it is when you know and know that the Lord is my shepherd. On Thursday, it was World Mental Awareness for medical practitioners. They had to, I sent Brother Mtleba, I said, I hope you are wearing, they had to wear 
what they call happy socks to create awareness among medical doctors to say uh, we've got to acknowledge that within the medical fraternity we are battling with mental illness, depression, bipolar, all those things. Now, uh, yes, you may be going to your doctor, your doctor may be depressed. Oh, yes, you might have seen a very big, uh, nice car there in the parking lot. It's not about money. Are uh, you with me? Brother Bram says, we are, I'm going to read a quotation here uh, in the message. As I thought on my way, paragraph 25, it says, some of us go other paths in this neurotic age that we are living in. So many people tend to a psychiatrist. Christians go to the psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist has to go to a psychiatrist to turn our path to God. He is our healer. If our hands condemn us not, then we have this assurance, God answers prayer. We live during a neurotic age, people. People are, are overwhelmed. People are battling with all sorts of battles and and we we are beginning to see and young people let me tell you something <clears throat> social media is good it makes you interact with the world we can just speak one statement and it goes viral the whole world knows uh, that you are eating your pizza and everybody likes your pizza that you are cool and you checked at a certain place and everybody says wow but uh, what I've realized, uh, social media is contributing to the suicide rate that is skyrocketing. Why I'm saying that is because there is nothing that you can be on without it having a certain vibration in terms of energy. Some of you, you, you have never left your house, but you are miserable. You have never spoken to anybody, but you are miserable. But why? It's because what's happening, you are in your house, but you are not in your house. You are in your bed, but you are not resting. Right there, uh, because this is a fourth dimension medium. It, it sends, the, folks, there is no way, when I speak to you, if I send you a text, that text is not about the ways. There is an energy behind the ways. Either the energy is positive or negative. Are you still with me? Young people, even your celebrities are killing themselves in numbers. Why? It's because, uh, allow me to preach here. It's because people have got an Instagram mentality. You are sitting there, somebody on Monday uh, posts a picture with this dress, tomorrow is an orange dress, Wednesday is a red dress, Thursday is a blue dress, and you are wondering that, goodness, I can't keep up. Hallelujah. Not long because we live during a time of impressions. They come to a church. Maybe a brother has bought a very nice Range Rover. A person will see them standing behind that Range Rover taking a picture and they put it on social media. They don't tell you that they just came across it. Now you are sitting there, you are depressed that, oh, it's no longer the blue dress. It's no longer a red dress. Now they've got a Range Rover. Then you will become miserable. Why? Because you want to keep up with the Jones. Come on, the world is not a happy place anymore. 
our young people are not happy anymore. Sometimes you go on your Instagram, you look at a certain lady, and you say, goodness, wow, what a physique, how beautiful she is. And when you go and check, she only took a picture, put it on a certain app, and the app made it to be KV. And you are sitting there troubled, you don't know the real person. You are competing with an image on social media, and it robs you of your happiness. But today we say, we don't need such things. The Lord is my shepherd. Are you here? Yes. I, I, I'm, I'm talking here. Yes. You, you may think these things are just only for you as church members. Even pastors have got pressure. Yes. Hallelujah. I see that these days if, you, if we come, we take a picture and say, the church was a full house. Now a poor, church, a poor pastor, someone with three people is depressed. That church is growing faster than my church. Let me tell you something, folks. Don't compete with anyone. Be comfortable in your own lane. Go according to your own pace. Why? Why is the world pressurized? It's because you want to live two weeks in one day. That's why you cannot sleep. You are busy planning. Folks, as I'm, I get it. I mean, after the convention, after we've spoken about on consecration, I've got such an inner peace. Amen. When I sleep, I really sleep. Amen. Because why? My Jehovah does not slumber, no sleepeth at the night. If I sleep, I sleep. If everything falls apart, let it fall apart. Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes things have got to fall apart to fall into place. It's because why? Some of you, when you are sleeping, you are not really sleeping. You're balancing numbers. You're balancing. You, you, one thing you are sleeping, you become an accountant in your sleep. In the morning, you have not rested. It's as if uh, while you were sleeping, it's like you were, you were, you were doing hard labor. No rest at all. And why? It's because we live during a competitive world. We want to keep up. Folks, let me tell you something. Never compete with anyone. Because you don't know what they do when you are sleeping. Are you still with me? Not that those that have are doing something. Some people, God blesses them. And I, I, I will never make somebody's blessing to be my nightmare. No, 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 no. If God blessed you with a good car, God bless you. I know you are ride in that car. Finally, I can tell somebody I was in that car. It is my brother's car. At least I will not have a burden of installment, but I would have rode in the car. Because if God blesses you, he blesses those that are around you. We're not going to be under pressure for competition. Not at all. People lack peace. Let's put it what it is. The reason you are afraid today that you may lose the job, maybe you may lose the house, maybe you may lose the car, is not because you are afraid of that. You are afraid of what people will say. And to a certain extent, you are even afraid of what fellow believers are going to say. They'll say, God has abandoned me. But Job says, I came with nothing into this world. 
And I'm going to live out of this world with nothing. I, I, I'm, trying, I'm trying to help you and to lift off that pressure off your shoulders. Are you still here? He, ma- he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. The waters are calm. There, there is peace. I know, I'll share with you uh, a certain, I was speaking some time back with a very brilliant young man doing very well in the corporate sector. And he told me, he said, look, I'm so stressed. I'm so much under pressure. He says, you, you don't know. I had parked my car and I was looking at a hobo. And I really envied the hobo. And I said, I looked at the hobo. The guy did not care. He was just going about his activity. And here I was stressed about deadlines. I was stressed about losing a job. I was stressed about bonds. I was stressed about installments. And I said, this hobo does not understand. I wish you could swap places. We live in a world where a man in a shack sleeps peaceful at night. And sometimes a man in a mansion cannot sleep. Uh, why? I, I, I'm moving. I want, I, want, I want a paradigm shift so that how you approach things should be different. He restoreth my soul. This morning, we all had to have our souls restored. We all had to have our restore, souls restored. We all had to have our souls restored. Yeah. Why am I reading that? We, we were not born in a church. We were not born. No one was born and crawling as a message believer. And actually, even if you were born in a message church, there are things that we can point in your life and say, uh, on the basis of this, you don't think you are goody-goody. Look what happened there. There is a stain in your life. All of us, we've got certain parts of our lives that we are not proud of. Yes, I know there are times where we want to act like supermen and superwomen uh, and really project an image that we just dropped out of heaven into a church and singing a hallelujah. Look, folks, we all have certain chapters that we would not want them to be open. That is why we needed the restoration of our souls. That means why? Your soul was in a certain state. And as a result, it was compromised. Then there was a need for restoration to bring back your soul to its original state. And only this doesn't only speak about the new birth. Even this morning, the reason you got into the car and drove to the church and took a seat in the church and sang songs and we are there listening to what is going to be preached is not because you want to impress anybody else. It's because you live, you understand that we live in a world where our souls from time to time, they, they pick up toxic, toxicity 
uh, they become toxic because of things that they come across. There are statements that you have had during the week that you should have not had. There are jokes that you are exposed to that you should have not been exposed to. There are pictures, whether you like it or not, that you were exposed to, that you were never meant to, expo- to be exposed to. So you have come to the house of the Lord and said, God, restoreth my soul. If there is something that must not be there, take it out, Lord. I need a purification of my soul. Folks, the reason we need church is not because from Sunday until Sunday you are just goody-goody. There are challenges. There are battles that you fight. There are things, experiences that you go through. But when you come to the house of the Lord and they begin to sing song and the music is being to administer, you get, you, you get lifted up in the spirit. You get encouraged in the spirit. And certain things that were there, that were sticking on your soul, they began to be removed. Why? By the, by the operation of the Holy Spirit in the church. And when you leave church, you become better. That's why when we go to church, you've got to mean business. Hallelujah. A church is not just a fashion parade. It's where we mean business and say, God, I'm back in your presence. If something has not gone right, God, may you make it right. May you prepare me. May you sanctify me that when I leave this place, I'm in a better space. Are you still with me? He, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The way it rushes, uh, paths, when you go and check it in the Hebrew, I'm going to come to the quotation of the prophet, don't worry, um, I want to dwell on this. The way it paths, it does not mean, when you go and look it into uh, the Hebrew, it doesn't mean paths like ways. It means an orbit. That means when you come to the Lord, you are within his orbit. That means you are, you are, you are within uh, his vicinity. And as long as your orbit, as long as your life revolves around him, everything goes right. Amen. Uh, Remember, the shepherd must protect you, but the onus is in you to be within the shepherd's reach. And if you are not within the shepherd's reach, the shepherd is not, cannot be held accountable. But you've got to be within his orbit. That's why you've got to spend time in the presence of the Lord. And quite frankly, I do not know any other best place in the world than to be in a church. Oh, yes, I understand. You can say amen with some reservation because church is not a perfect environment. In a church, we are going to step on your toes. In a church, certain statements are going to be made that may really compromise you. But I still want to declare that the best place to be is to be in the church. That's why he says, I'll spend the rest of my life in the house of the Lord. Now, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are not walking in death. You are walking in a valley of a shadow of death. Then Brother Brenham comes and he says in the message, the law having a, a shadow, paragraph 16. He says, many times we have heard people refer 
to the 23rd Psalm saying, Yea, though I walk through the dark shadows or the valley of the dark, we always use a dark there. It's not. The valley of the shadow, not the dark shadows or the dark valley, is the valley of the shadow of death. Now, showing that if it's got a shadow, there has to be a certain percent of it light or it wouldn't make it a shadow. Did you get that one? The reason there is a shadow, a shadow cannot be there in the absentia of light. It takes a certain amount of light to produce a shadow. So that means if I walk through this valley of the shadow of death, I'm not focusing on the shadow, but I'm focusing on the light because the shadow, it is as a result of the presence of the light. Why? It means that we are going to go through the valleys. Folks, we are going to go through the valleys. Either you are going into the valley or you are in the valley or coming out of the valley. But there is a name of a valley. There is a valley with your name attached to it. And thank God for the valleys because it is in the valleys where you know your real friends. Hallelujah. It's good when everything is going all right. It's goody goody and all friends around you. But uh, oh God, let God allow you to go through a valley. Then you will say when days are dark. Friends are few. You didn't know that a person is your friend during a good time. It takes even your family. Sometimes when you meet and you say you are a family, you only test it when you go through the valley of the shadow of death. It isn't the valleys where characters are developed. As we have heard on Wednesday, the character is not a gift, it's a victory. So God has got to take you through a valley. And some of the valleys, even the church people may not understand what you are going through when you are going through the valley. They may put a certain remark or a certain name to your valley. And it may be a misrepresentation, but you are going through the valley. But in the midst, when you are going through the valley, still, the Lord is my shepherd, still applies in the valley. If he took you into the valley, he will take you out of the valley. Brother Bram says, one of my greatest moments in life is when I got to a place where I couldn't figure my way around it, or over it, or under it, and I just remained still. That is where I've seen the salvation of the Lord. Are there people that know what I'm talking about? Are there people that have gone through the valleys? Hallelujah. And in that valley, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Why? Because he's Jehovah Shammah. And that's why he made a promise, I will be with you, and even in you, until the end of the world. That means through the valleys is there. Through the mountain experiences is there. Whatever you go through, he is there. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Hallelujah. Folks, whether you like it or not, you're going to have enemies. And uh, some of you, you are living under pressure of saying, I avoid not to have enemies. It is inevitable. Some people will hate you just because you are breathing. 
don't just hate you because you are breathing. Hallelujah. Uh, some they just hate you because you are tall. How are you going to change that? How are you going to make them accept your tallness? I'm trying to tell you that enemy haters are inevitable. They are going to be there whether you like it or not. At the workplace, some person will just decide to hate you. But the focus is not on the enemies. The focus is on the table that is prepared by the Lord. Folks, their, their hatred will never stop him from blessing you. That's why I say you prepared before my enemies. They will watch you being blessed and they will never have anything to do with that blessing. Your enemies will never stop your blessing. Oh, this is good. They can hate you, but they will never reverse your blessing. So don't focus on your enemy. Be at the table and eat what is on the table. And rejoice about what God has put on the table. And say, God, I praise you once more. You are my Jehovah Jireh. You have laid a table before me. Rather than stressing the whole night, who hates me? I mean, I don't have any problem for that. You hate, you'll even hate until you get tired of your hate. No entertainment whatsoever. I can change how you feel. But I can change how I feel about the Lord. You are not, the, the hate is not my focus. The Lord is my focus. But you, I know you just say amen. But in the moment you hear that they hate you, you go there trying to really, really try to brush their ego so that they can accept you. Nonsense! No, I've got no time for that. There is only one person that must accept me. It's not my mother, it's not my father, it's not my, my Lord. My Lord is the one that must accept me. If he accepts me, it matters what anybody else thinks. Hey, I know you like to be loved. Just hear a negative remark being made about you. It sh- high blood pressure shoots up. Sugar shoots up. Get depressed. You even have a fever. What's the problem? They talked about me. Come on, believer. Are you bothered by that? I'm not worried about heaven has already spoken about me. That's what matters. Amen. Thou anointest my head with oil. You know, when you come you find that in those days, they normally say during a certain season, a sheep would have what they call parasitic worms that would come, maybe get into its nose passage. And it would cause irritation. And when those worms cause irritation, then the sheep, sometimes it would go against the tree and really hit against the tree trying to address that irritation or sometimes even hit the rock. And by that time, 
the sheep is bloody. And that is why after it is bloody and wounded, then the shepherd comes. They used to have an oil that would come and anoint the sheep with that oil to relieve the pain that is there as a result of those wounds. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Some of you, you are in trouble not because of the Lord. You got yourself into trouble. Uh, Hallelujah. And after you were in trouble, you got wounded. But when you come to the house of the Lord, what does oil represent? The Holy Spirit. God comes and heals those wounds. He doesn't say, ah, you know, a real shepherd doesn't say, oh, no one, I knew you were going to get into trouble. Look at you now. No. He comes and runs you with oil to relieve the pain. Are you still with me? Now, Brother Brenham says, in the message, Believest Thou, this paragraph 47, he says, David the old, the psalmist in the Bible, he talked about honey. He was a shepherd. The shepherd used to carry a little script back. In there, they had honey in it. When their sheep would get sick, they would put the honey on a rock, limestone rock. And those sick sheep would go to licking on that rock. And when they did licking of the honey, Brother Brenham says, Hallelujah. Because now there is honey on the rock. Who's the rock? Jesus Christ. When you have come to the house of the Lord this morning, you have not come to watch the pastor. Or you have come to lick of honey of the rock. Who's the rock? The Lord Jesus Christ. And because you lick off that honey of the rock, when you are sick, now you get healed. When you are discouraged, now you get encouraged. Are you still with me? Now, then Brother says, question and answers, paragraph 160, he says, listen, and, and one thing that we have learned about the sheep is that during an off-season, meaning around winter, when it is very cold, how they keep themselves warm, they, it says they come together and huddle up together to create warmth among them. So that means a sheep on its own cannot be warm. A sheep needs other sheep to be warm. Are you still with me? That's why you as a believer, you need a fellowship with other believers. When you are in isolation, the devil takes advantage of you and he will really destroy you. But when you come around, why do we come to church? What is the purpose? Why do we wake up in the cold winter morning and come to the house of the Lord? Some drive too far and come to the house. It's not because we want to impress one another. It's because why? We want to create the warmth around one another. Because why? As we are sitting here, we don't know who was fighting what battles during the week. 
We don't know who's about to quit because of the pleasure that is there. But when we come around the house of the Lord, that's why when you come to the house of the Lord, you must descend the Lord's body. There are, there are certain remarks that must never be passed in a church environment. Can I repeat that? There are certain remarks that my, if I come and I was wearing this jacket last week and I'm wearing this week, and someone says, ah, you're still wearing the same jacket. What foolishness is that? What does it have to do with feeding on the weight? You must be glad that he did not care that he was wearing the same jacket last week. He's wearing the same jacket on Wednesday. He's wearing the same jacket on Sunday. He made it to the house of the Lord. That's what matters. I'm not saying don't dress well. It's good. Sunday, that's why you've got Sunday clothes. So that you really look top, top, top. If you are able. But if you are not able, it should not really disqualify you to come to the house of the Lord. Because the house of the Lord is not a fashion parade. No, it's a place of fellowship. It's a place where we encourage one another. It's a time, it's where we huddle among ourselves and we keep each other warm. God bless you, Brother Grace. I'm happy to see you. Then the brother that was discouraged said, Goodness, there were somebody was happy to see me. They get encouraged. And a sheep, we are told that it has a good memory. It can remember the faces of the people. It knows the face of the shepherd and the face of other sheep. Hello? What does it mean? It means if you come to the house of the Lord, and normally (laughs) somebody that just comes to church and immediately after church disappears, is very suspect. I can put it in other way. Why, why, why don't you want you us to know you? Where you come from so that we can visit you. If you are sick, we can come and visit. Are you still with me? Because why? The nature of the sheep is communal. They exist as a community. Therefore, that's why a sheep would remember other sheep. That these are the sheep of my flock. Are you still with me? I met another sheep in CBD. I say, you, it's been long since I saw you. Hey, pastor, I'll make it. I said, no, 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 no. It doesn't work like this. What are you up to? Are you with me? A sheep can just disappear for six months. We don't even know where it is. Hello? I'm preaching here. How does it huddle up with other sheep? And have a fellowship with other sheep. Amen. And then she said, hey, pastor, I'll make a plan to come. I said, no, you must make a plan. Because I really I don't know why I see you here, but I don't see you at church. Amen. Amen. Now, Brother Bram says, in the question and answers, paragraph 160, he says, and maybe something that I'm forgetting. They say a sheep has got a 360-degree vision. The eye ball of the sheep can... They say it can see at the back while it is looking forward. 
the vision. There is no other creature that has got a 360-degree vision like the sheep. Glory to God. That is why when you are, I mean, if it doesn't see at the background, the wolf will take it. The vision must be, it must have the clarity of the vision. And not only the vision, the clarity of the vision around the weight. The sheep must know where it comes from. It must know where it is. It must know where it is going. I, I know a lot of times you think a sheep is not smart. It is really, really a smart animal. Amen. Amen. Now it says, Jesus, like in question answers, paragraph 160, Jesus likened us unto sheep. The shepherd knows his sheep. Anybody in here ever hear a goat cry? Oh, well, brother, you better be a shepherd if you want to know the difference. The cry of the goat and the cry of the sheep, they are almost similar. But it takes a shepherd to know that, no, no, this is not a sheep. This is a goat. And even when you graze, you find that a shepherd would ne- a sheep would never graze on top of the tree. But a, a goat. My grandmother had a goat when he drank the traditional beer. It really cost a mess. A goat is a very wild animal. Are we together? Yeah. But, a, but a sheep relies on a shepherd. That's why Brother Brandon says that before we make certain decisions, we first check with God. Yeah. Why? Because we can't do anything without God. Yeah. God, must I have this? Must I pursue this? Then if God says, then you know if God is part of it, he will be part of it at the beginning and right to the end. Yeah. Amen. Now, in the message, the Church Age, book 284, Brother Branham says this is where he was preaching. In the Peckerman Age, he says, the, the, you remember in the Old Testament, right in the tabernacle, there used to be a hidden manna. How many remember that? And maybe while it, it's here, I was speaking, I don't know whether was it a brother, I think it's brother Temba Munashi, and he was speaking about how he had been reading the book of The Greatest Battle Ever Fought. Uh, I had read a certain quote there, and brother, the brother said, Pastor, you know, I have read this book many times. I have never come across that quotation. And here it is right in the book. Then I said, you see, Brother Temba, it is like this. There's never a time where you can read the spoken word and say, I have finished. I say, even to this day, many times I go into the book, Christ is the mystery of God revealed. And a lot of times, I mean, most of you that are message readers, you have marked the whole book until you realize that there is no more way to mark. And one day after you have marked a certain place, you wish that, hey, it is marked orange. I can wish I can mark on top of that orange with blue. Because where I saw, the first time I saw something there, I put orange. But now I see another thing right where I mark. I wish I can mark again. Does it ever happen to you? Come on, believers. Are you still message readers? 
But, but the problem, the reason why somebody can say, I mean, most of the time I love when you come to the church around a church order, normally I would just look around and if I'm not preaching, uh, whoever is bringing the spoken word, always, I always, always wonder, people always start with page one. On Sunday, he was on page one. On Wednesday, he is on page one. On Sunday again, on page one. How oh, come on? What does it mean? He's not a reader. He just wants to look at something while waiting for a song leader. But a reader is on page three. You can see the spoken weight is marked. Uh, I tried to read from iPad. I'm struggling, folks, because I really like the smell of book. It's just therapeutic for me to open a book and really smell that book. But if you're reading from an iPad, even iPad you can mark, by the way. But if always it's blank, next way it's blank, you are not ready. You see, when, when you read the spoken word, the, the, the problem is not the content. The problem is your locality when you read. If you read, if you eat the manna outside the tabernacle, it is the same manna that is in the inner court. But the problem is the one that is outside, within 24 hours, it goes stale. But the one that is hidden becomes fresh every day. So somebody reads the same spoken letter until I say, oh, goodness, I wish I can take this book and donate it to somebody. Why? Because when he reads, even slumbers, because it is a boring book. I've heard it for many years. I've read it. But once you read the same book, but you are right in the third court, that book every day gives you a fresh manna. Are you here? Amen. Amen. And when you read, start right from the beginning. When Brother Man speaks about the hunting trip, there's things that you're going to glean from there that may be beneficial to you. Do we still read the spoken word? Amen. Now, Brother Man says, the hidden manna a little something special. What is special? The blessings of the Holy Ghost. Oh no, that's for the whole congregation. But the hidden manna was a special revelation because he had to teach the he had to teach the others. Was a little more knowledge of the scripture so that he could teach others. He's supposed to be, he's supposed to be, is that right? And Brother Brum says, yeah, you will never live no higher than your pastor. Because if you live higher than your pastor, then you need to pastor your pastor. It's just as simple as that. Uh, you remember, you just remember that. Because he is the shepherd that feeds you. If he is the shepherd, he's got to know 
where the manna is to feed the sheep. Now, a little special, that is why you see us laboring the whole night, looking for quotations, praying, getting up, getting a coffee, not sleeping. What am I going to say to them? Lord, check it. What are we trying to do? We are looking for that hidden manna. And, and every, whether you like it or not, every assembly has got their own diet. Yes, the diet is the way, but the emphasis may be different. Uh, are you still with me? Yes, it's two people that come from the same message believers in different churches, but they will be somewhat, everyone would have a sort of, uh, a certain inclination to show where they are feeding on. Are you still with me? For example, a pastor was telling me in a certain country, there's two churches that are not far from each other. So this other church their main focus is that it's a deliverance ministry that in the message it's all about delivering, casting demons and all those things. Now, on this other one, it's about teaching them the seals and so forth. So this pastor made me laugh. He says, you see, this one where they believe the deliverance ministry, they are not sick because they believe in divine healing is the main focus. Now, these ones, they believe in the seals, they preach the seals, but they are well taught, but they are sick. Then he says the only thing that must happen is that this one, they must from time to time swap. That's why we need a fivefold ministry. The reason I invite, let me tell you something. Me, I'm not going to be a superman. There are, I mean, one time the a brother once complained and said, Ah, we are with the pastors not preaching 70 weeks of Daniel. And I saw somebody showed me a remark. I said, I'm not going to preach it. I'm not preaching it because somebody wants me to preach it. I preach it. If God says preach it, I will preach it. If he says I must not preach it, I will not preach it. And if I know somebody that can preach it better, I will give the brother a call and say, Brother, do you have a time on such and such day? Can you come to our assembly and really show the church the 70 weeks of Daniel? Why? Because we are not supermen here. Everyone has got their speciality. And where I do not specialize, I need to engage somebody that specializes on that to help the church. That is the purpose of the fivefold ministry. Amen. If you hear me not preaching on certain subject, don't worry. We'll invite somebody that will preach on them. Maybe it's not my line of speciality. I will concentrate on my line of speciality. But don't take advantage that if a wrong doctrine comes here, I will not deal with it. I will deal with it because a pastor must be apt to teach. It doesn't mean that if somebody comes and plays around with 70 weeks of dinner, then you look at each other and say, the pastor, no, we will deal with it. Amen. I hope we are together. Now, if he is the shepherd, he's got to know where the manna is to feed the sheep. Now, a little special, watch this just a minute, the hidden manna. Then he goes into the message, the lamb and the dove, paragraph 31. Then he says, a real, and the real shepherd leads the sheep. A real shepherd feeds the sheep the right 
kind of food if he loves the sheep. There is a certain, you've got to be deliberate on what you feed the sheep. I mean, those that are interested in farming like Brother Chetty would know, if you want to do farming and you want maybe to produce an organic sheep, you cannot produce an organic sheep that is feeding on genetically modified food. And to a certain extent, you must be able to survey your farm to make sure that there are no certain parasites are not on the farm that can be able to compromise the quality of your production. Are you with me? Yes, the farmer next door may be as well a a farmer of sheep, but the the focus may be different. One may be saying, as long as I've got very fat sheep and I'm able to sell them and make money, that's fine. But another one will say, it's not about the money. I need the meat to be quality. I need them to be organic. Then the emphasis will be totally different. Do you understand what I'm talking about? This morning, there are pastors that don't mind. As long as the church is full, it's fine. But there are others that mind and say, full of what? There is no use of having 3,000 members. But when you look at them, all of them are sickly. They can never be able even to meet and a challenge of the hour. Every challenge that comes, it makes them weak, it flattens them. No. We need to produce an organic children of God. But for that, we need organic food. Amen. Are you still with me? Now, because even God, that's why in these last days, the spiritual food in Jesus and God said, store up the food. Because the time of famine is coming. There's got to be a place there where this sheep must go and graze on. Because the responsibility of a shepherd is to find a graze area where the sheep can graze there. And it must not be a pasture, but it must be a greener pasture. Are you with me? Now, you say, Brother Branham, what is it? Isn't intellectual. The Brahmin say the food, the sheep food is not intellectual. That is why it's not, it's not a matter of coming, bringing into church and wowing you with one's intellectual proudness and say, hey, the pastor is very intellectual. No. Yeah, my intelligence is not going to make you survive the challenges that are in the end time. You've got to feed on the weight body of the son of the living God in order to survive and be able to be victorious in the end time. Are we together? It isn't go, isn't go away to school and get an education. That's, that's all right, but that isn't. The shepherd feeds the sheep on the sheep food. You know what, is, you know what sheep food is? The word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's the sheep food. He will, he will just not starve you to death. He will give you some real vitamins. He might not have a good barn to put you in, but he will feed you good. 
that's the best. I tell you, I would rather have an old shack and get a good square meal than to be somewhere and not get nothing to eat, but all kinds of fine decoration with big cover charge on it. I like to eat, especially the word of God at the table of God with old fashioned born again experience preaching from the word of God. That means a shepherd will not compromise the quality of the food. That is why, folks, this message that we are preaching and how we are preaching, it is not due for an upgrade. How we have always, always preached it, it is exactly how we will preach it. And as long as the rapture cherries, we will preach it exactly that way. And folks, if you are a sheep, and I was speaking to somebody, I say, I think it was in Zimbabwe. I say, we live during a time where even a person that does not complain, if they get into a restaurant and maybe if they are eating and they find a foreign object in their food, everyone has got a, the ability to have that attitude. May I see the manager? Because why? I found something that should not be in my food. And if the manager is not a very giving a satisfactory answer, you are most obligated to take the number and phone the head office and complain. And to a certain extent, we'll even take the picture of the food and put it on social media just to make them to be under pressure. But the, the people today cannot eat the natural food that have got a foreign object, but they can sit in a church and their soul can feed on something that has got a poison. Why do we care so much about our body and care less about our souls? What is your soul feeding on? And the same agitation that you have when you eat something that you're not meant to eat physically, you must have the same agitation when you eat something spiritually that you must not supposed to eat. But you'll never have that agitation till you know what you are supposed to eat. Come on, believers, you know what I'm talking about. Brother Branham says, we, we need, this is a paragraph 32, we need that, brother. Not new churches, not new buildings, not educated pastors. We need some feeders of the weight. Stay with the weight, stay in it. That's the only thing. Don't never vary any bit from that weight. Stay right with it. The word says it, declares it from Genesis to Revelation. Stay with it. If it didn't confirm all the way through the Bible, get away from it. I expected a better amen than that one. And uh, it does not mean, it does, folks, we live during a time where you've got to be very awake. It doesn't mean that if I preach for you Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, I get an automatic that, ah, whatever it says is true. You still, the onus is on you that once you have heard, you check it according to the scripture. And if it is not according to the scripture, you've got to challenge it. I don't believe this modern theology that a pastor can never question on what he teaches. He has got to be questioned, why do you put it like, the prophet said it like this, you say it like that. Why are you saying it like that? Give us the scriptural background and the spiritual scriptural context of why you are putting it like that. 
Folks, the times of when somebody say, Brother Branham say, Brother Branham say, they are readily accepted. It's over. Once you have said, Brother Branham say, we want to go check and say, did he really say what you say he's saying? And if we go and search and find that he never said it, we must come to you and say, that's not what the prophet said. Are you still with me? In the message, Shepherd of the Sheepfold, paragraph 36, he says, Feed my shepherd. Feed my sheep. That's what Jesus said to Peter. Now, he never said, Drive my sheep. He never said, Kick my sheep. Hallelujah. Because we live during a time when some, some, instead of feeding the sheep, they are kicking the sheep. He said, feed my sheep. That's what the sheep needs. Folks, when I say kick, you see, when we come and, and, and preach here, if I know or had a disagreement with a brother or a sister, a pulpit is not a place where I resolve those differences. If, if it happens like that, it's no longer a pulpit, it's a push pit. It doesn't pull out of the pit, it's pushing into the pit. Are we together? What does it what does it what does it mean? A pulpit is not a place to settle the scores. The pulpit is a place where the church must feed on the weight. If a brother has made something that is wrong, we don't bring it on the pulpit. We go to the brother and say, Brother, what you are doing is wrong. We don't make it a pulpit matter. At the pulpit, we only give the church the food. I hope we are together here. Because we live during a time where if a pastor doesn't like a certain brother, then he becomes a sermon right through. That pastor is a coward. Because you can't answer him on the pulpit, but on the pulpit and the table there, you are able to respond. Glory be to God. I hope I'm preaching to people that know that pulpit can be misused. He said, feed my sheep. That's what the sheep needs. It's some sheep food. Don't you think so? And you know the best sheep food I know of for you, sick sheep, and all kinds of sheep. Here it is. Showing them the Bible. That's right. In this great big bread basket of God, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's what the Holy Spirit lives on. That's in you. It lives on the weight. So when the Holy Spirit and say, that's the connection of shepherd and sheep. That means the shepherd brings the weight and the Holy Spirit that is in you feeds on the weight. Do you understand why 
before I come and preach here, I cannot be worried about book of philosophers so and so. Because you are not feeding on philosophy. I cannot go and check what is scientist so and so is saying. You are not feeding on science. I must go and search on the word because the Holy Spirit in you feeds on nothing but the word. Come on, somebody can say amen better than that. That's why in church, somebody saw a remark that if a pastor is a good motivator, he ends up with very happy sinners. That's why the role of the pulpit is not for motivation. Sometimes when you come to church, the pastor has got to provoke you. Yes, sometimes you are moving out of church blessed. And there are times when you move out of church and say, oh, goodness, what, 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 what was happening? It is meant to be that because it's meant to change you. Amen. That's why when we preach here, we're not in a popularity contest. If amen come and they don't come, we still preach. Because it's not a popularity contest. Why? We need to give the sheep the real food. And Brother Bram said, when a shepherd loves the sheep, sometimes he breaks the sheep of, or the leg of the sheep. And so, goodness, is this a shepherd that, yes, he was the one that broke the leg so that he can take care of this wild sheep. So that he can really, really mend the wound. And the sheep will realize, the shepherd cares for me. And that's why whenever you come to the pastor, uh, because some people when they come, they already expect the pastor, they come with a pre-approved answer. Pastor, I'm here, can I? Then when the pastor says no, a person gets upset. And actually when you test the connection between the shepherd and the sheep, it's, when we, it's not when we agree. Sometimes the shepherd must say no. And if you are a shepherd, you will still say amen to that. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Imagine if a shepherd is afraid of a sheep. A sheep can even eat a plastic. And the shepherd is afraid to say, don't eat the plastic. What's happening? Exactly what we are having today. And quite frankly, I'm going to preach on a message at a later time. The honesty of modesty. That's what I was planning to preach, and God said, no, not now. Now you need to preach on this. I've got to come and preach on the honesty of modesty. What is the modesty? Does it apply to brothers as well? Because why? As a shepherd of the church, I don't want you to use a sheep down the street as a standard. I want you to use the weight as a standard. I want you to use the message of the hour as a mirror. You don't say because a church so and so they allow it, therefore we can do it at Lighthouse Tabernacle. We are not that church. Come on, folks. Every shepherd is responsible for his own sheep. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. Amen. Another pastor, I mean, these things we can tell you. He said, Pastor Madiba, you are preaching about me. I say, really? Which message? Because all of them are on the website. Bring me a message. So I'm still waiting for him. He says, no, but you speak in parables. I say, no, but bring those parables. You know why? When, when I say this church will not be like another church, I'm not taking another church. 
I'm addressing this church. And if I say our young people will not be like other young people, I'm not talking about other young people. I'm talking about these young people. Because why? My young people, wherever they go, who do they reflect? Come on, who do they reflect? If other church members, they meet you in the mall and you are dressed skimpy, who do you reflect? You can tell a church by its members without being at that church. Are you still with me? And if I say, this will not partner after churches, I'm not attacking other churches. I'm just putting a standard in my environment. Can I say amen to that? Brother says in the message, Jesus keeps all his appointments. Paragraph 5. Any shepherd is interested in getting his sheep with vitamins. And these are spiritual vitamins, as it were, that helps the sheep to grow into strong faith in our God. As you come and feed on vitamins, you have to grow. You have to become stronger. Are you still with me? Now in the message, Redemption... By judgment. Paragraph 6. He says, you know, a real shepherd will watch. If there is anything, if there is anything gets wrong with the sheep, he is right on the guard. A real shepherd. But a hireling runs back and lets the thing go through and kill the sheep. But a real shepherd is on the guard. That means... The difference between a shepherd and a hireling, a hireling is more based on what he gets out of what he's doing. So that means if a wolf goes into the fold and snatches one sheep, a hireling will say, ah, at least it was just one. But a shepherd, you remember David was a shepherd. He was able to face the lion and ripped it. He never said because the lion is only taking one sheep. No, he went after that sheep. Although it was one sheep, but it matters. Because as a shepherd, the greatest shame is for a shepherd to lose a sheep. But again, you must pull it a very fine line. Because there are sheep that sounds, there are goats that look like sheep. And that sound like a sheep. Oh, yes, you may not say amen. But we as pastors, we know. I remember, I think it's Pastor Mabela, he says, hey, Pastor Madiba, there are times when you speak to the sheep and you realize that, no, no, this is no longer a sheep. Why? The way it would respond. Are you still with me? Because why? A sheep, a sheep has to be led. But a goat can lead itself. And a goat has got many options. It can tell you that, no, I will not do it. I don't prefer it like that. I will do it in my own way. That's a goat. Are you still? Yes, they can cry and sound the same. That is why, that is why, if you are a sheep, you must really compare and follow your spiritual shepherd. Not only the pastor, the great shepherd. Why? Because it has been proven that any time when they want to lead the sheep into the uh, sheep slaughter, what they do, they find a goat 
and they put it in the front. And that goat is the one that will lead them into sleep. Into the slaughter. Uh, do you understand what I'm talking about? And as a shepherd, I don't know, I'll say this many often. We live during a time where our young people normally say, I'm independent, I've got my rights, I've got my own ways of things, things, I can do my own things in my own way. And a lot of times, even when you say, if you want to get married, you see the past, see the pastor for what? Hmm? What's romantic about seeing the pastor? Okay, you want to be romantic? You, you carry on being a romantic, being romantic. Why? The reason you need to see the pastor. The pastor knows the sheep. The, when you are sitting like this, you don't know each other. You just hope that you. But as a shepherd, I know. I know the stages of maturity of every sheep. Folks, I'm not going to be ashamed to say that. Brother Brenham said to Sister Bruce, I have watched your life under a vision as you are shepherd and I have not found a spot in your life. You are a child of God. So every pastor watches the sheep under a vision. Even crooks that are here, I know they are crooks. I'm preaching here. A crook may think that they are the pastor. Welcome, where are they? A very dumb man of God. I, my, I can see farther than what you can imagine. And, and even if a crook comes and says, God bless you, pastor, I know. That's a crook. And the day a crook approaches a sister and says, I want to marry you. And the sister comes and says, Pastor, brother so-and-so said, hey, he wants to marry me. Me, I can look beyond carrying a Bible. I can look beyond quoting Brother Brenham. I know what is on the inside. And it is my obligation to say to a sister, leave the crook alone. Oh, you may not like it, but I'm preaching here. You that like to surprise the pastor, you will marry somebody that the pastor is still saying to the deacons, deacons, how far are you with that? And while the deacons are looking for a fugitive, you've got a fugitive under your arm, you say, sweetheart. And when we find you having said, sweetheart, we say, oh, carry on. And after a while, you realize that, goodness, I'm in danger. Then we say, you invited it upon yourself. I know it rattles the church and I'm happy it does. Because I'm a shepherd. Amen. And that is why, as a shepherd, you can't lead a sheep that you are afraid of. I always say, if I ever get a playtime where I'm afraid of anybody, I'll ask them that, hey, find another church I'm afraid of. <laughs> what? 
Because if you are going to give your husband a problem and I'm afraid of you, what am I going to do? If you are going to give your wife a problem and as a shepherd, I'm not I'm afraid. We, as a shepherd, we, hey, you may be the most dangerous, dangerous gangster in the location, but a shepherd will never be afraid of you. I think brother Malesuma would know well, there was a time where a certain brother was threatening that if he really finds Pastor Mugobi, he would shoot him dead. Then the pastor heard about it and then he looked for a brother. He had backslidden. Then the pastor looked for the man that wanted to shoot him. And they waited for him somewhere and they caught up with him at 3 o'clock a.m. while he was filling petrol at one of the petrol stations. When they are there, the pastor said, yeah, we've been looking for you. <laughs> then the pastor said to the people that were accompanying him, he said, hey, you brothers, take the car, go. I'll remain with this man alone. And he got into the car with this man. He said, hey, I've heard that you want to shoot me. So I've asked the brothers to go so that there must never be a witness if you want to shoot. Now, are you ready to shoot? Then he cried. We can't be a prophet because we are backed up by the real shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. That is why a hiding, when he hears that there is a, it's like a policeman. Normally, your policeman these days, if a call comes through and they say, there is a problem here, we need the police, they say, what's happening? Say, oh, they're against that, they are shooting each other. Oh, we don't have a van. <laughs> but if it's a woman, say, hey, my husband is about to beat me, three vans are there. <laughs> Those are not real policemen. <laughs> but a real shepherd, a real shepherd is on the guard. Amen. And folks, Shepherd knows things before they happen. He can see your trajectory that you are taking. He would advise, not impose. Depending whether we take advice, you can be helped. But if you don't take it, you will end up, your trajectory will take you at the wrong place. Brother Mum speaks about a time where a little tract was passed in the church. Somebody just came printed a tract that they distributed of a doctrine. He says it was originating from West Virginia. And he says as soon as the shepherd, Brother Neville, got a wind of that doctrine, he says that doctrine was denying, they deny his name being Jesus. Now the pastor, which is by Brother Neville, as soon as he found it, he rushed it right to me and tells me about it. Something to be done. I said, well, surely the church established enough in the gospel of Jesus Christ knows better than that. So what's happening? Brother Nevit, and this is where I, I, I hope you are looking at it. This is a tract of something that comes from West Virginia. It comes, it gets distributed in the church, and after it's distributed, it denies the name of Jesus. Brother Neville finds about it. Brother Neville immediately rushes to Brother Bram and says, something needs to happen about it. Yeah. What does it mean? 
a lot of times, yeah, I think Sister Bianca and Sister Josephine would know, there is nothing that goes without the library that I don't review. And if you are a real pastor sometimes, because certain things you can find out that it's a Christian cartoon movie. And you all are happy that, oh, it's just a Christian cartoon movie. But if you are a pastor and you have not looked into it, you may find that there is a gay in that Christian cartoon movie. And it's been distributed in the church. That is why a pastor must always be on guard. And if I see anything, if I see, it does not matter which personality comes from. If I see something that is not in line with Malachi 4, I discontinue it. Remember, our church, the standard is not another church. It is the word of God. It is the message of the hour. If it does not pass the message test, we remove it. I hope it sinks in. Now in the message, the good shepherd of the sheep, paragraph 18. He says, another, she, another thing about the shepherd, I'm working towards closing. Another thing about the shepherd, the shepherd is always on duty. I know, I mean, if you're a shepherd, you can't switch off your phone for three months, they say you're on a holiday. Why are you pastoring? And another brother was saying, Pastor, I wanted to phone you at night. And I said, hey, I will bother the pastor. I said, hey, brother, you don't bother me. That's my job. Amen. When the enemy is troubling you at 3 o'clock, yes, my number is the emergency number. Before you phone the ambulance, make sure that even I, I know. Are we together? Yeah. Brother Grace, you remember there was a time when we went to the hospital. It was bad because they were not giving the service. But we arrived today. And I had a way of talking to the doctors so that they can be able to help us. And it was 11 o'clock in the evening. Are you still with me? So a pastor is there 24 hours. I thought I would get a better email. Or are you giving the pastor the off? He must be on duty both day and night. Hallelujah. At night, I don't sleep early. I'm not a very early sleeper. If you want me, I'm available. Because why? Even the great shepherd is on duty 24-7. And if we are like the great shepherd, we must be available. I heard of places where it will take three months for you to see the pastor say, what is going on? That's no longer pastorship. That's kingdom. It's no longer a pastor, it's a key. A pastor, a sheep must be able to see a shepherd at any time he wants or she wants. Are you still with me? Yes. I think we're going to read the last one, then I'm releasing you. In the message, the third Exodus, paragraph 214. He says, and the only thing that you can ever, this is the third Exodus, paragraph 214, the only thing that you can ever do to beat him is rely on Christ and humble yourself and let him, Christ, lead you. You will never do it any other way. Your intellectual powers will never do it. You've got to believe it. 
just rely on him. He is the shepherd. He and the shepherd's business to keep the wolf away is the shepherd's business. It's not the sheep's business to keep the wolf away. It's the shepherd's business. But the sheep must stay with the shepherd in order to stay safe. That's my safety zone. It's in Christ. Christ is the way. That's the safety zone. That's why we say it must be within the orbit. God bless you richly as we stand up. Any worshipping song? How many love him?
love him.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, dear God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, thank for you, Lord. this moment. Thank you, Lord, for your presence amongst us. We thank you, Lord, for this day that you've given us the opportunity to come to your house, O oh Lord. You, the great shepherd, you, Jehovah Jireh, the provider, Lord, Jehovah Nisi, yes, Lord, Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Shama. Oh, Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you, Lord, for such a beautiful sermon. You chose this way to speak to our hearts, oh Father, this morning. Mm. We're so grateful, Lord, that you've shown us these things, oh God. Some of them that we see and read every day, yet we do not understand them, Lord. Mm. But this morning, Lord, after the reading of the word, you've spoken, oh Lord Jesus, and all of us together, Lord, we want to appreciate your presence. We want to say thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. When you spoke to us, Lord, it really burned in our heart. God, we thank you for Malachi 4. Yes. Thank you for Brother Branham. Thank you for this message, which is the standard, O oh Lord, mm. of this church. Father, help us understand, O oh God, that as a sheep, sometimes the shepherd might have to break our legs, O oh God. Mm. It's not out of hatred or anger, but it's all out of love that it happens that way, Lord. Even you yourself, sometimes you make us go through some situations where we wonder whether God is still alive. God, but today we understand that even down in the valleys, Lord, you're still there with us as Jehovah Shama. Let it be. Your presence always with us, O oh Lord. The Bible says you'll be with us even in us until the end. Thank you, Father. There's no scripture that says you're going to leave us, O oh Lord. So we believe that whether the valleys or mountains, you're always there with us, O oh Lord. Thank you, Father. Teach us to wait upon you, Lord. Sometimes we get so weary and tired because we want things to happen our own ways. Lord, teach us to wait. Teach us to wait, Lord. For indeed, O oh Lord, I can see Job said, I know my Redeemer. Yes. After everybody gone, Lord, they all surrendered him. You did not leave him, Lord. You were there until the end and you restored everything, O oh Father according to your promises. We also gather in this fashion, Lord. Mm. We've got the Bible, Lord, that we read every day. Yes. It's got scriptures, oh Father. Mm. These scriptures are our food, oh Lord. Gives us, oh Father, strength, oh Lord, to remind you about what you've done. You can still do them again today because you change not. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes. Oh Father, we thank you for the healing, O oh Lord, amongst us. Mm. We thank you, Lord, for any kind of blessing because you, the Lord, that bless us. Mm. You've given us work and jobs. That's why when we come, we pray and thank you. We pray for the offerings and tithes, Lord. Yes. Because you blessed us. 
Father, we thank you for the healing. We thank you for the blessing. We thank you, Lord, for the deliverance. This word, as you preach the word, Lord, you're transforming others, oh Father. We just want to thank you, Lord. We can name them, oh Lord, things that you've done for us. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. We pray that you be with us now as we'll be leaving this place, oh God. Mm. May you be with us, oh Father, as we go to our respective places. Mustn't just hand you, Lord. May this anointing be with us, oh Lord. Even tomorrow, Lord, as we go to school, as we go to work, all different places, Let may you remind so. us, may you be with us, oh Lord. You are the one that we need in our lives, oh God. We need you, Lord Jesus. You are the shepherd. Let it be the great so shepherd, Lord. We need you in our right lives. There. Father, thank you for this spiritual food that you've given us. Mm. We thank you, Lord, even for the food that you provided in our arms, oh Father. Just like your servant said, oh Lord, it's not about degrees. You do things in so as a simple way, Lord, that we just see your greatness, oh yes. Father. Thank you, Jesus, oh Father, Lord, for keeping us safe, oh Father. We drive almost every day, going to work, going to places. We can see accidents all over, Lord. Mm. But somehow, oh Father, you always protect Ready? us. Lord. Take us away from thank all the danger, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We want to say thank you. Oh, God, for your grace, for your love. You're so good, oh, Father, Lord. Bless us, oh, Father, Lord. Our, even our kids, oh, Father, Lord, our children. Some, they go to school. They go to crash. They go to places. We cannot protect them, Lord. But you and you alone can do that. Yes. That's why we surrender our kids into your hand. In the name of Jesus, may you protect them, Lord. May that angel always be there for them. Fight for them, oh Father. As you protect us, protect them too, Lord. Help us, Lord, to hear your voice everywhere we go. Because you're always there and you speak to us, oh God. We pray for our pastor, Lord. Mm. I pray, oh Father, Lord, that you bless him. Mm. Oh God, preaching is not easy. Mm. He's too dear, Father, Lord, on duty. And you blessed him, oh Father, Lord. And you blessed us, oh God. Mm. So I just pray that, oh God, the virtue that left him, mm. may you just come and renew it again, Let Lord. It be so Whenever he's standing in his closet reading, meditating, oh Father, may you come down and anoint him again. As it's going to be going, oh Father, Lord, oh Father, away, I just pray that you be with him again. Yes. It's always good that he goes and comes back. Mm. Not everyone go and come back, Lord. Mm. When we see him going and coming back, we want to thank you, Lord. Yes. It's your grace again upon our lives. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. We pray that you bless each and every one of us. Everyone that made it today to come to church, may you bless them in a special way. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Damn that God burdens, oh, Father, Lord. Stress anything whatsoever, Father, I pray. Because I believe that this is the right place for anything. Mm. You as the shepherd, Lord, you know, oh, God. Mm. I pray that you see everyone, oh, Lord. Bless them, O oh Father. Come and grant the desire of the heart, O oh God. Thank you, Jesus. We pray, O oh Father, for the whole week that we're starting. We pray for each and every one of us, O oh Lord. Until we meet again, O oh Father, may you keep us together. As the word says, a ship cannot warm itself, O oh God. We need one another, Lord. Help us to understand that and to love one another, to pray for one another, Lord. 
until you come and take us away, O oh Father. Because the only thing that keeps us down here is the rapture, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done for us. We praise your name and we thank you, O name, O oh Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you richly. May Jehovah Jireh provide for you. May Jehovah Shalom grant you the inner peace. Amen. May Jehovah Shama go with you. God bless you richly. Have a blessed week. Till we see you. Amen. Just give us a song. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Amazing grace, how sweet a sound. I once was lost, but now I'm found. A hopeless case. Not for grace. Where would I be?